27, 2021. Comedy Festival 2020. It's two o'clock. We're live. We're doing another podcast. You hear in the background the cure boys don't cry. Why why would I choose a song, Boys Don't Cry? Because it's all men at the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. No, I'm I'm kidding. There's women. There's women involved in the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. They're just not here right now. It is. (laughs) I am joined once again by Aaron Atkins out of Chicago. I have Sam Carroll, and I have Nathan Lowe here, all in the studio. And uh, pleasure to be here, Pam. Thanks for having us on. (laughs) (laughs) Like my fifth podcast of the week. Absolutely, I think I figured it out. out. (laughs) You know what? Maybe you should give. Oh, he wants a little baffle. Absolutely, blasting. Okay, we're gonna put this on Instagram. Okay, live. Oh, yeah, you're gonna be able no. to v- see this on video. You could, you could. Pam doesn't want to be in the video. No, Pam doesn't okay. like to be in video. Okay, so tape the pretty boys. Right. Yeah, it's one of the one of the weird days the where Pam didn't hour. wear any makeup. Are we Instagram? <laughs> we're Instagram living right okay. now. So everybody yeah. knows I'm a, I'm a quarter Asian, so we're not all white. We got a little. You're bit a quarter diverse. Asian. Yes, I am a quarter Asian. I'm a quarter Cantonese. Oh, cool. Which quarter? Uh, my dad is half. Chinese. Your Instagram, your what? Go live. Go, We're go going live on go Instagram. Live. This is fantastic. Hell yeah. Find I don't know where to, to put, put it. it. Yeah. <laughs> we are now live. Oh, yeah. Find We're, not, not all of us are going to be able to get in the frame. That's a, that was oh, mean. You got it. It's <laughs> lifting the veil here at Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2020. This is good. Uh, we also have Tune Pancake. In. Pancake uh, in the okay. house. I'll just pump. That, that'll never work. How many? I think you just hold it, have it be like a talking stick. So whoever talks, just no, give them no, the no, thing, no, no. and they'll just like no. selfie record it. Look, there's a clip right here. No, that's the clip that has that's the, the that's the that's microphone. That's the microphone. That's the audio. Just we're just pulling back the veil for everybody. Yeah. How's everyone doing? Good. Wait, Thank you. You want to pull up a chair? I'll pull up a chair when I'm good. I'm sorry. I. So. Fantastic. Okay. Yeah, but the, that's Perfect. the that's yeah. the lightest. Just keep Nathan in the that's, that's the fine. lightest microphone. Oh, so you should probably actually give that to Sam because he really likes to be really close to the microphone. So you should switch with Pancake, just because. You mind if I take the pop because I'd be no. popping. Yeah, you need it. He's I more. Hey, you know what? Pancake's you know more what? Sotto Voce. Use You're that thermos. Just oh, yeah. grab that thermos and put it back over there and use that. We're ru- see we're ruining the audio by. Thinking too much thinking about video. video. See, this I is know. Pam's <laughs> ethos right here. <laughs> I get so mad about everything has perfect. to be seen. Hi, guys. Hey. hey. It's radio. We it's did radio. it. radio. You're not supposed to be seen. Oh. Here we are. So I'm joined by Sam great. Carroll, Pancake, Nathan Lowe, and Aaron Atkins. <laughs> it's just a, it is. Very dramatic. Like the, no, it's <laughs> the trunk shot. The trunk shot. 
Yep, I figure apologize. it out. This is isn't this what you do for a living or something? Too many cooks. Whoa! Let me just fix it instantly. Just so everyone knows, these the the drinks are kombucha. They look like beer, but they're not beer. You can see that it's kombucha. Just for everyone to know. It's only two percent. Anyone seen my heroin? There's only seven percent alcohol in this. Have any of you guys seen my heroin? Yeah, I I was I was hiding it in my prison wallet. Your coin we, purse. Yeah. We shy away from doing heroin at Mutiny Radio. <laughs> we shy away from That doesn't mean we don't do it. But it doesn't mean we're shy about it. It's not taboo. There they are. I'm kidding, kids. Don't do heroin. No shame. Obviously no shame. don't. I can't do shame heroin. you if you're not like, embarrassed. Obviously right? don't. Obviously don't. Obviously don't so do heroin. This yeah, is going to be wise. fun to compare to other podcasts because I'm going to make a bet now that the audio on this is going to be shitty and boring, but everyone's excited because there's a video. Oh, uh, really? Uh, I, think, <laughs> I, I think like this correct. <laughs> I think we're going to do great. I think I have high you're, hopes. You have high hopes. Yeah. I'm going to call this. I'm going to call this. Uh, high hopes episode. podcast. No, no. Boys don't cry. And I'm just going to keep playing the the uh, Cure song. Uh, boys don't cry over and over and over in the background. Yeah. So I think we're you're, just going to do that. I think you're front loading this episode with a lot of negative energy, Pam. <laughs> and I think you need to check there yourself. There he is. Hey, guys. Yeah. There we go. Hey, Sam. Hello. Sam's just can I, can I just say that my, my intestines feel like an oil slick go. right now? I told that. you. So, so this you, is what Sam has done, this idiot. You are what he, you You eat. see his kombucha that he has right now, I'm right? kombucha right Loaded now. Loaded with, you know, Cheers. biome for your gut pancake. Kombucha. I can see you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> just drinking my drink. Uh, before that, he had two MCT oil coffees. So his insides are like Libya right now. Yeah, no, they're like they're like Katrina. I feel like there's little no, no, chips no, no, no. of wood flying around. There's just un- <laughs> I bought, and shit. I bought a whole case of toilet paper at Costco last week, so we're fine. Oh, we're oh really? You know, Costco I'll enjoy it. is sold out of everything because of this. Because uh, of this hysteria. In- influenza scare. Yeah, this cold. Speaking of which, don't drink scare. out of my drink, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just another virus. Everyone's gonna. Pancake looks. Yeah, so pancake would die. get coronavirus just for the attention. <laughs> I know for a fact. Do you have any MCT, <laughs> MCT oil coffee? Have you had it before? It's I, I rinse my mouth with Everclear. And by Everclear, <laughs> he means a woman he met, hmm. and her name is Everclear. Actually, no, Everclear, I have a really weird Everclear story. When I was a kid, a uh, high school party, I was uh, I snuck into like one, got one of my sister's like cool parties, and the cops showed up, and I was drunk. My sister was commi- trying to get me to drink water. I was trying to convince her that because my body was already 75% water, if I concentrated hard enough, I could absorb it. <laughs> and that didn't work. And so I grabbed a water bottle off of the counter, and it didn't have a, one of those little labels around it. And I just put it up to my lips and squeezed both sides really hard. And it was a full water bottle of Everclear. Oh, my God. Did you go blind? Did you die? Are you okay? What? I'm freaking out. And then the cops show up because of a noise complaint. And there's a ton of underage people there. Me, the youngest of them. But I'm hiding other people. Like, I'm going to handle this. <laughs> Nathan with That's all the confidence. Been, yeah, and I walk up Nathan to the low. door. All the confidence. Nathan, all the confidence low. <laughs> I walk up to the door and say out loud from behind the door, okay, three, two, one. And then I open the door on one. And these two cops stare at me. He just goes, why were you counting down? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I thought this was the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> and they both laugh, 
And then they just say, keep the shit down, and then they left, and that was wow. it. The microwave <laughs> bit. I, I, I need to follow up on that, because if I ever need to say shit to the cops, I need the microwave bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was it. That was it. That was all there was to it. And then I got off totally scot-free, but I did almost go blind. Son, you just registered a point two zero. What do you have to say about that? Uh, Are you just playing this song on loop under us the whole time? Yeah. Nice. Don't cry. <laughs> <laughs> it's just right. I, I was waiting because the song definitely did end and then definitely did start up right back again. Let's commit to it. Let's do it. Let's have an emo boy hour. What's the saddest thing that's ever happened to us? My God, oh, guys. I like that. The saddest thing. I started ever. it out super Virginia. sad. Let's do it sad. I want to say I'm sorry. It's front bottom. Just what? Nathan, you're just going to karaoke this song? if you play music. <laughs> okay. what's, Nathan, what's the saddest thing that's ever happened to you? Uh, sad boy hours. Sad boy hours. <laughs> fractured my lower spine in 2011, and I was by myself. I was throwing. Oh. I was throwing hammers. Worst day of my life. Jesus Christ. And uh, the muscles in my lower back spasmed and yanked my lower spine over like 12 degrees, and I oh. collapsed. And my car's like a hundred yards away. And my phone is in my car, and I just had to crawl. A hundred yards to my car and get in, and wow. then I'm trying. The only place I know to go to is like the, my PT, which is like you know a couple exits down. So I'm driving and it's raining and my window's fogging up, but I literally can't reach the defrost button. So I'm just hanging my stupid head out of the window in the rain. Golden Retriever style. <laughs> they put a bunch of needles in my back to get it to relax, and then like x-rays and all that shit i had to like a whole year the next year was like a redshirted freshman year because of that fuck just get the back back into shape is this football you're playing no this was track and field a real contact sport and um (laughs) you don't people don't know you know we put our lives on the line he threw a metal ball too hard we put (laughs) our lives on the line to do something that no one even cares a little bit about discus no one cares even a little bit about it, but we did it and forever. Also, and also, someone can just be better than you just because they're like Samoan and huge. You know what I'm talking about? I used to do so much yeah. fucking technique for discus, and there's this one kid at the other middle school that yeah, was just you can't, fucking huge. Yeah, you can't beat Maravich your yeah, way just, into the discus throw. Yeah. You can't just be a technician. Some people are just Samoan. Oh, no, no. Though. Some you can. Some, like, there's some smaller guys in like the NCAA and stuff that can really still throw the dang thing, but who cares? Who cares? No one cares. And it took me a long time to get to that point. And I was like, it's great. You're still doing it. But, I mean, hammer thrower, especially like what I did, they don't even do it really in Diamond League meets anymore. So if you are like the best one in the world consistently, you can make maybe 80K a year. Who sponsors you? How much back surgery does that cover? Not even (laughs) one. Is there health care involved in that? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yeah, because you get hurt, and then they're just like, yeah, you were throwing a metal ball, you big dumb idiot. It's 2020. What are you doing? They have robots at the Olympics. They have little robots that would bring it back. I'm like, what are we doing here? <laughs> I'm throwing the thing, and a little robot is bringing it back to me. I'm like, I think I'm the problem yeah. in this situation. I'm the only yeah. thing making this inefficient. You know, I, I think... I think everybody who plays esports just secretly watches track and field Olympic events just to be like, ha, ha, ha you fucking idiots. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, have we fun involved. clicking. Have fun with your clicks. <laughs> what is? Have uh, fun making millions of dollars at Fortnite competitions. Yeah, but you're they really such do, a nerd. I'm kidding. No, that's really amazing. You have to be Korean, too. No, that yeah. little that they, Yeah, they're guy. like idols in Korea. There was like a famous gamer guy that was dating uh, that. Uh, Don't you snap at me. Don't back you snap to the at me. No, no, the, the, Mexican, <laughs> the Mexican weather girl. 
Yannette Garcia. Oh my God, oh, she's yeah. a smoke. The one where they have the things. He turns around. There's an Australian guy just coming. Wow, I don't care what the weather is. Jesus Christ! Oh, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie man. Aussie man. Yeah, Aussie. They, Aussie but, man Diaz. But she was dating him for like a year, I guess, and he was just Aussie a gamer man. dude. But he was like jacked and stuff. He was like sponsored by Gymshark. He's like Aussie man girls. is. No, some gamer dude who was dating Yannette Garcia. Oh, I'm bored. Uh, who's who else has a sad thing to talk about? I, I have it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so I yeah. went. we're talking about butts. Can you just give us a second? <laughs> Jamie, pull up Yannette Garcia's ass. I don't care about the weather. Jamie, pull that up. No one. We don't have a Jamie. This is how sad it is. No one wants to listen to it. See? I was in a. <laughs> I watched a pretty good porno this morning with a. Two, I was in a sandwich shop. <laughs> I was Wait, getting a sandwich with my friends. I don't know. Do you think gaming like is a real thing? They're gonna make it NCAA. Hey, hey, hey. I, I appreciate. Down, that. boy, down. So, <laughs> I was uh, taking a couple steps to get out of my friend's way because there was a trash can immediately behind me. So I took a step to the left and to the back, and. There was a raised platform in this sandwich shop, and I stumbled, and I it, I fell into a sitting position, and I got up just as quick as I fell down, because of sheer embarrassment. But what I would soon find out hours later, after uh, a long night of smoking blunts, um, and, and I had to walk walk upstairs to get to this place but um, here's what happened next <laughs> oh, oh my, God. my friends are, are all leaving shoot me in the face they're all, they're all <laughs> no you're right this is much better I'm glad we took that now, turn shut the <laughs> fuck up Nathan now, here's what happened all my friends leave and I'm upstairs alone I lock up the room that we're hanging out in a studio space just just to smoke weed and make music and I lock up and I'm taking a few steps down the stairs and oh there's a shooting pain in the base of my spine and I'm paralyzed with pain at the top of stairs now have you ever been there <laughs> yes well here's what happened next <laughs> I later discover that I've herniated a disc in my back. From sitting down? I from sitting down so abruptly. Ah. And that is dangerous. So I, um, I compressed. sitting injury. I compressed. Well, I also have degenerative disc disease, and now oh. I know to be careful about that. But I needed uh, an epidural. Oh and and once I got that. Why would they need to shove something in your ass for that? No, that's <laughs> no an epidural is what they give women when they have C-sections. Or when you're Why would a you need to stick something in someone's ass all. for no, a C-section? it's not in your butt. It's, it's in an your injection in your into vajayjay. the spine. In your spinal oh. fluid. Oh. Mm. It's part of it. Mm. Cortisone. Thank you. Okay, I'm starting to get bored. Wrap it up. Yeah, yeah. Pam, uh, <laughs> yeah. Sam, Sam how, how big are you? How big were you when you came out? How big was I when How big were you when you came out? I was a big baby. You were ca how big? I came out as a three-year-old. You came out at three years old. <laughs> three years old. Already talking. I was jacked. Just arguing, jacked. arguing with. Well, because my parents tried to abort me, right? Right. What? And what doesn't and you kill you stronger. makes you stronger. You got stronger. Stronger in there. You hung out in there and you were lift. doing prison workout. When I came out, I popped out of there. You and popped. I, what do you I mean popped? Like alien? Like out the front? No, kind of like a dip. Like I kind of did a dip out the pussy lips. Oh, and then you said, and then you said, and you said. 
one, and then you did a couple more. You're like two, three, and you got out two more reps. And then you, and then and you then got I ran out. to the elevator because I, like, I need to not be with these people. You, oh, I thought you were just trying and to get I a good forty come, time. I had come out of the womb. Listen to this. I had come out of the womb with the knowledge of how to press an elevator button. What'd you do about the umbilical cord? <laughs> umbilical cord? Yeah, you were oh, you were taped in. You were I chewed through you it around eighteen months before. <laughs> oh, I had way before. stopped taking nutrients at like eighteen months. And you were just using it as a jump rope. He's <laughs> in there using yes. it as a jump rope. Functional equipment. Yes. Use what you have. You know. Exactly. So what's the saddest moment of your life? Probably Jesus. that. Jesus, <laughs> Pam. What are you doing? It's supposed to keep you on theme. Oh, we're, that's the theme. Why did you the decide theme, the, theme the theme was, was sadness? I did, it was, was, it was we're Aaron keeping it light. That was doing the theme, emo. I thought. No, we're doing an emo. It's Boys Don't Cry. Boys hours? It's Boys Don't Cry. We're doing some emo. Okay. All right. But he didn't cry. He came out and he didn't cry. And he also, came out and he ran out. Also of note, I, I have a lacrimation fetish. I like it when what Explain that big word. Lacrimation is crying. And I like it when men cry. It turns me on because it's because they're vulnerable. That explains so oh much. Oh my god! <laughs> like my scariest fetish. Well, then do me a solid and make sure we're I never not that. in the same room when I'm watching Pursuit of Happiness. Have you guys seen? <laughs> what? Because that makes That's me cry every time. Movie. Pursuit of Happiness <laughs> has a direct line to my instinctual dude bone. No weirdness I there. Is it to watch men cry? Yeah. So oh, that did, did what other movie? I cried watching my big fat Greek wedding. That's a good one. I cried that watching the Amy Winehouse documentary. That oh, that was because she died because of alcohol, so not because of the heroin. So the bad. alcohol's the devil. She died just in general. Delirium she loved to cheat on her boyfriend, and I respect that, too. She's a queen. Mm-hmm. Feminist king icon. Once again, I'm keeping with this theme of feminist king icon, Aaron Atkins. Hello. God, you suck so much. You <laughs> 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 would have to shit on me. I just want to let you know, you can cheat on me, babe. I don't even care. <laughs> I'll be here for you. That's it. That's it. Please. Give it up. Give it up for this I cock. will simp for you. <laughs> Pam, have you seen the Phantom Thread? About uh, John... What the fuck? Who's that All guy I know that played is the Phantom Menace. Daniel oh. Jo- Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel Day-Lewis. He plays a dressmaker, and he starts to fall in love with this young woman. He's been a bachelor his whole life, up to like 55 years old. He starts to fall in love with this young woman who becomes transfixed with him. And she loves him so much, but he doesn't have enough time for her. So, he s- so she starts to poison him. And this is a spoiler alert. She starts to poison him with mushrooms Ooh. to see him down in his weakest state so she can take care of him oh. and, and get her little feminine kick from taking care of this old man right, she loves so much who doesn't Munchausen syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. Munchausen by proxy. Munchausen, Munchausen by proxy. Yeah. Jamila Jamil has that. Not to be confused with uh, Baron von Munchausen the movie. Right. Or who's that guy from the Jamila. Who's Great the guy movie. from Chicago has that has that? Jamila Jamil. Oh, UC Smollett. Jesse Small, yeah. Oh, he got Jesse robbed Smol- at a subway down the street from me. It's fucking bullshit. He, he didn't lied. actually. Was he a pain? He didn't. He got he lied. Was he a pain? No, no he's he a gay on actor Boardwalk. on Empire. On Empire. He's on Empire. So he's a gay. Oh, the, that, that guy. That yeah, it. and that's why he was like, oh, someone Racist. committed a hate crime against me when he he did it against himself. Yeah. Sam's like, Weird. anyway, sad. Watch. Here's how into the rabbit hole I got it with the whole UC Smollett thing. Um. He he was at, if you watch the body cam footage for UC Smollett in his in his apartment. I like that you're really committing to Dave Chappelle's bit right yeah, now. Yeah, I am. Well, I will never call him anything else. I want else. you it's to get back on task and talk about something sad. This is sad. <laughs> he he had the noose around his neck when the cops showed up, and it was very loosely attached. Like if you're going to be that traumatized, just take the fucking noose off, man. It was totally like an aesthetic display. He had it. He's like, Pam's like an like an NBC producer right now. <laughs> There's like, we want this. She's like, no, 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 more tears. Were any of you raped? Targeted, mean. 
Anyway, Sam, sorry. I got sidetracked. I was done. That was all Oh, I perfect. Say, like, UC Smollett. I didn't really follow that story at all. Okay, so what's the saddest thing that ever <laughs> happened to you, Sam? <laughs> Every time she walks out the door in the morning. Bevitus <laughs> King, My life is one continuous stream of All right, life. here's really one. Here's one, Pam. To me. Here's a real one. You ready? Yeah. Uh, I got off of a plane for a competition and looked at my phone to find out my best homie from childhood died of a heroin overdose. Oh, that's really sad. There you go. Do you feel better now? Did yeah. you get it? <laughs> I like that one a little bit. Yeah, you see it behind my Sorry. eyes? Made me very sad. I was very, very sad. Still am. Heroin's really awful. It's not good. Yeah, that's fun. why I don't condone those jokes I did at the beginning. Of the if podcast. anyone wants to buy some heroin for me after this podcast. He knows a guy. That's awful. <laughs> this is not All advertising right. material. We're going to lose you want it? We don't have any sponsors. We're going to lose them. We're not sponsored by your dealer, bro. Well, la- last year. This is the, not an audible. Last year, the opening of the show, the very first show, the fourth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, it was the disappointment show. And one of my favorite comedians in the whole world decided to really disappoint me and smoke heroin off foil on stage when he was hosting. <laughs> and the audience that was here was like, is this really, is he, is this a joke? Is it fake heroin? Is it, what is it? And he's like, you know, smoking it off the stuff. And then just- Is that Max Eddy? No, don't slander people. No, it was, it was. Dude, you saved Max Eddy the other day. I sure yeah, did. I saved, saved his Max life. Eddie. We talked about it on an earlier podcast. Oh, you actually. did? Yeah. Happy to help. Yeah. Um, I was there. I am an ally. You saved me too. I saved you. I've say I was am, it uh, yeah, guy? I'm like a low level superhero. Well, it wasn't the same guy, was it? No, I'm not. No, 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 a different guy. Sam, yeah, no, equal amount of anger. Was it anyone that I knew that, that attacked Max Eddie? Nope. No, no, he was a really big Irish guy. They were from out of town. They were, they had, he was pushing it though. He was purposely <laughs> pushing it. He was like, he, kept he came up on stage and he was using a really shitty Irish accent, which I guess is kind of funny because it was really bad and it was specifically bad. And he was like, oh, you cunts and everything. And then the thing that he said that made that guy jump up is he's standing there and he goes, I've never been hit. No one's ever punched me. And I'm like, Call the action button, motherfucker. Like, bing, why do you do do that? that. Like, you made yourself look super weak. And then this huge guy rushes the stage. Duh. Like, and then what did Max do? Max was surprisingly spry. Spry, He tucked and rolled very quickly. I was watching him. He tucked and pivoted around the guy's hip, like, to get away from him. It was a good move. Kid plays some Madden. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Definitely plays some Madden. Kids got some moves. That was Jesus fucking. But uh, I'm too high to remember where I was before you changed the track. What's the saddest shit that's ever happened to you? What's the saddest shit that's ever happened to me? I don't know if I'm ready for it. Well, um, I would have to say recently that it was um, my beloved life partner Spike died, and uh, you know every day when I left the house I'd say don't die, don't die, and then I Spike is her brother, her cat is, and I put a picture out, but. Facebook Aww. reminded me that I miss my cat because he was he could high five and he loved smoking pot. Every Aww. time he'd hear the bong, he'd come out and he'd be like meow, and he like loved it when you blew pot smoke at him. He was the best Aww. cat, and he he was just such a friendly cat. He loved everybody. People would come over and he'd come to sit in their lap and like Art? hang out. And I know. I know. He was I the have best. best I think you have cat. the best one. <laughs> he was the best best cat, and he was so. He was just a great cat. And then so I he got skinnier and skinnier, and then I left the house and I said, "Don't die, Spike." when I came back from, it was a Friday night show, I came back from the show, 
I found him underneath the radiator, and he was dead. And, and the worst part was because the radiator had turned on because I can't do anything about that because oh, it's the a 1934 smell. building. His little ears got singed and his little eyes a little bit, and so that was really, really rough to take him out oh. from underneath the thing. And it was hard because he was That's stuck gross. under there. But basically, he was ready to go, and I had looked up that day, like, when do you put your cat to sleep? So that was in that morning, and then that night he was dead, so he let me know that it was his time to go. He was warm, too. He was warm, and that's what he did. He (laughs) wanted to just get warm and and say goodbye, and so that's what he did. Better. He's in cat heaven. Yeah, he's a good cat. He was a great cat. So now I have two cats to try to replace that cat, and then neither one of them together are good enough. They don't. She it's doesn't good. mean that. She if you're tells listening. him. She tells him she that every day that. too. She walks <laughs> out and she says, "You guys are not that. good." They enough. don't snuggle. He used to sleep on my pillow with me. He'd like lay out like He's on sorry. my pillow and like lay against me. He's so fluffy, and we literally like we used to masturbate together. It's not. It's a real. It's all the things uh, I talk he, about. He, didn't masturbate? he wouldn't what? like. So he loved to masturbate like next to me, like on the. Like he'd bottle? get the. No, he didn't. His little pink crayon would come out all the time, but he was totally fixed. But he would hump like mm. the my comforter and like pillows sometimes. But he'd lay next to me and he'd like go at it. And then you'd be cued in to start masturbating. Exactly. Did you do and that? then he'd take, his little, he'd take his little furry paw and put it on like my leg or my back. It was Lower so back. sweet. It was so sweet. I don't think it was that. I don't think it was sweet. I think it might have been. It was great. And if he's the reincarnated soul (laughs) of another person, he was great. He was a really great, like, he was a great, great cat. And I miss him a lot. So that was, finding him was like the saddest. We buried him in the backyard. I didn't, I called my building manager and I was just wailing. I was just like losing it. And she knew my cat too. And she loved him. And I said, I don't know what to do with the body. I don't know what to do. And she's like, well. You can either go down to the beach and bury him in the sand, or you can put him in the backyard if you want. And I was like, yes, yes, the backyard. So he's buried in the backyard of my apartment Aww. complex. You bury your animals in the beach? No, beach you're not supposed weird. to do either of those things, mm-hmm. but those were the options she gave me, so that's what why I was going with. Why didn't with. you incinerate him and then have him like in a little... How urn. do I incinerate him? Why you have a radiator. A you take it to a <laughs> you have a radiator, it, and they put it into a little urn I know, but here's the thing. Uh, I don't have podium. a car, and I live in the Tenderloin, so I'm going to take my dead cat and put him in a backpack and walk to the vet. And he's like, no, no. I just okay, walked him downstairs. I mean, <laughs> that sucks. I'm sorry, that was really. <laughs> no, I didn't hear what you said. Okay, guys, <laughs> so she, she said you could have left the radiator. You could have just. Oh, if you to incinerate him. No. It was halfway done, right? Oh, from no, just a little remember. bit. <laughs> <of> <laughs> oh my god. Poor bad. That's bad. You, all you have to do is turn him over once. Like, oh, oh my lord. Also, also, Pam, I, I feel like I should say this. This song is starting to give me an anxiety <laughs> I'm, attack. I'm not, I'm not I'm not I'll turn it off. Do binaural okay, beats. Okay, it's gone. Binaural my point, beats. My point has been made. So um, th- th- this is actually funny. It's on a different. I, the first theater production I ever directed and produced on my own. The sound, it was in hell. It was um, the Jean-Paul Sartre's No Exit. And so hey all, it all happens in hell, right? So there are a couple things I did to make it like hell. And one of them was that the sound design was the girl from Ipanema over 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 and over and over played recorded off a record and then skipping and then playing again and it was at the same level and it was really low throughout the whole play and people at the end were asking like did you turn that fucking up throughout the play and I was like nope <laughs> because it started making people fucking crazy yeah. and I put a I put a heater in the back so as the play went on which was an hour and 20 minutes no intermission Perfect. it got hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter in the room and people were like what is going on? It was a lot of fun. And the characters on stage were taking each other's clothes off, so that worked too with the heat, and yeah. it was really fun. But so, something over <laughs> and over and over. 
We but we it. got the point on this, and it's we don't have to do that anymore. It is upselled once you think about it. <laughs> what, what is that? There is, no mean, there is no meaning to anything. No, that's his Cantonese accent. <laughs> I, Cantonese. I cannot believe these people. We have a podcast, and uh, so it's supposed to be about making a. But making what are we really doing? It is so absurd. What? We are sitting with our buttocks in these weird. We call them chairs, but what are they really? They What's are trees that really we have got a. What is this table? What is this table but plastic? Ionesco, Lachaise, the chairs. It's a great existentialist play. Ionesco, he wrote in French and it's two old people living on a lighthouse in the middle of nowhere and like there's all <laughs> these chairs and they keep putting out chairs and putting them away because they're waiting for this party and this person this speaker to come it's kind of like a waiting mm. for Godot except that sounds for very that very and it's but it's Ionesco it's Ionesco it right. sounds very and it's two really old it's super what are we supposed to do with all these chairs? We have all these chairs and no they, people. They when you think about it, it has no meaning. There is nobody here to sit in the chairs. It does not mean that they are chairs no. or are they not chairs anymore because there is no one to think of them as chairs. Will you get these Schrodinger's chairs out of here, please? <laughs> <laughs> are they chairs if no one is thinking of them as chairs? We may not know. Well, I don't know now. Let's go eat cheese and fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Very French play. <laughs> <laughs> I have just killed an Arab. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, he Arab. was not supposed to be here on the first Less laughs, laughs, but sweeter. Less laughs, but sweeter. Le Tranger, you've read The Stranger by Camus. He's one of your buddies. It's Le Plage. C'est both très bien. Très bien. Très bien. I have also read Naja by Jean-Paul Sartre. What was that word you just said? He said swim. He's talking about swimming in Nage is to swim. No, no, Nage. It's about how when you realize how absurd everything is, you get nauseous. Oh. It's pretty good. Do we have festival joints? No, because you didn't roll anymore. But I have everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do that. What is this, Pam? What is this good? Oh, it's um. so it's really, really strong gummies that didn't solidify. And it's like, so that whole package is 200 milligrams. So we're just kind of taking bites of it because it's really strong. The whole pack's only 200? Yeah, the whole pack's like 200 milligrams. I want to hear more about Pancake's Day. Yeah. I was really liking where that was going. So I got a parking ticket just for trying to live my life. In a spot where you were not supposed to. Trying to get my yeah, career going. Huh? Are they talking about me? One person. Say hi to him. What's hey, up? Hey, hi. Hello. Okay, so. If you did another one. Dude, if you did another one. I got three tickets. If you did another one at a different angle, you would have both. Move the crane. I always have papers, but. Don't roll yeah. splits though, because we can't no have tobacco splits. in the. Okay. Just look at them. Oh, um, you just uh, untwist it from the bottom. Here, I'll I'll engineer as long as everybody keeps talking and keeping everything. Okay, possible. so They're I got a hundred thousand dollars in debt. I owe to the taxes man, and I'm feeling kind of down about it. If if anyone could offer some kind of relief program that I could utilize to about? get out of Pancake debt. needs a sugar mama a badly. Uh, bad, bad, bad. She needs a sugar mama bad. If I could start a GoFundMe. There are any sugar mamas out there. Heller. Holler at you. And we're boy. not talking about fucking corn su- sucrose motherfucking mm-hmm. mamas either. Mm-hmm. 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 Isn't that real? I'm talking about breaded. I'm talking about a woman with a non-profit that's for profit. I am talking, you need a woman comfortably in her mid to late 60s who can just float you. 
Is that what you're looking? Well, you're looking for patronage. I'm looking for pancake. Pancake Crane needs a patron. Oh well, so yeah, that's what they used to do. Remember back in the olden days, you'd get a patron, and Crane then they a patron of the arts. They'd let you do whatever you like wanted, the Medici's. or you'd be on like commission or whatever. Yeah. That sounds like a good I know gig. Medici. Yeah, yeah, someone to, t and and you know, and for, um, Virginia Woolf brought it up. She said, a room of one's own. You know, you need, you yeah, need, a, you need enough money. You need a hundred dollars a month in a room of one's own to be able to create, and without that. Juice talking specifically of women, because men already had that. You used to go to school and everything would be paid for, and you'd just, you know, study and write and do whatever you want. And right. Virginia Woolf didn't have Adderall, though. Virginia Woolf <laughs> wasn't in San Francisco <laughs> trying to rock $100 a month. No, I know. And it's, and, but it, this was written in 1914, so right. obviously with inflation. That's more than like $1,000 a month now. If someone gave me $1,000 a month, Ang Andrew rolling? Yang, I miss you, it would change like my whole economy. I'd be able to create so much more because I wouldn't be so stressed constantly about creating the funds to keep things going. It would suck for everyone who didn't have rent control, though. Because people True. would adjust. Everyone would adjust their prices to that. I think so. A, 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 such a hard change in, in prices would change things almost like that quickly. Like as quickly as people were given $1,000 a month. Oh no, I don't mean everybody. I just mean to spend 1000 and it would result like not everybody just me. No, 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 no. Not no. everybody gets 1000. I'm saying let's go back to the patronage times where like artists would get $1,000 a month to go create and they'd be like, "Oh yeah, of course you're a talented person, you should be able to have the opportunity to do this." But that doesn't exist anymore. Where's the patron office? Yeah, exactly. Who rates the talent? Well, that was back in the Simon day. The, you know, the rich people showed off their talented kids or whatever, and then someone would be like, oh, I'll take care of you now. And that sounds lovely. Yeah. I want someone to do that. Yeah, patrons of the arts. Wouldn't it be nice? Explain patrons to us more, Pam. No. <laughs> no it's Patronize just people us. That pay. Tell us about the people. Tell us about the money people. Again. Well, it's also, That's you can joke. also get, resi once you, one of the things about only reasons to get an MA or an MFA is that once you have them, you can go in residences where you apply to these things and they let you stay in like a cabin for six weeks and all you have to do is create some piece of Whoa. art at the end of it and everything's paid for. All your, the headlands, Marin headlands, it's right up here. You could, as a stand-up comedian, you could actually apply and you write up your CV and you send it to them and you say, hey, I want to be in your residence for six weeks because I need to write this one-man show because I'm going to Edinburgh. Ooh. And then they like let you stay there and you're in the woods and they feed you. They have professional chefs. You get two meals a day. That's fucking sick. And, like, so I've had photography friends who have done it for like six, eight weeks. And you apply and you go and stay there in the could, mountains. Could I That's apply and just be like, hey, I need a break. Uh, no. <laughs> no? You no, have to be creating to something? Kanye West. Kanye you have West to vibe. has a similar thing. It's called dating a Kardashian. Tyler Perry he does have a patron. Who else has a patron? He has patrons? a fucking compound Tyler, now. Tyler Perry lets people use his sets. Tyler Perry is a Medici. Tyler Perry, modern day Medici. Tyler Perry. Black Medici. There we go. I've never seen a Tyler Perry movie in my life. Well, Dude, you, you haven't seen, seen Medea Christmas? Set. You haven't seen any so? Medea movies? Not one. Dude, uh, Architectural That's Digest did a tour with him. They were like, show us around your house. And he was like, this is my golf cart. Or as Medea would say, my golf cart. Mm. Uh -huh. Anyways. This is awful. <laughs> he's just really? not a – I don't know why he's so successful, is but he you, is. Is that when you were like, this is what I want to do? This is it. This is comedy is for me. I was like, <laughs> that comedy? Was your, uh, that was your Damascus I, Road moment? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were just like, yeah. If I could just do that. You're right. Oh, my God. I should be a comedian. Hello. Hallelujah. That shit's funny, objectively. Tyler Apparently, Curry. yeah. Tyler Perry is a super dope dude, though. He's out right, in Atlanta. He has a compound. Exclusively for like black filmmakers. That's the right. shit. I need one for quarter Asian filmmakers. That, that's know, support my people. 
Am I the most? I'm the only. Am I the only person of color in here right now? Yeah. yeah. I have wow. Some, I have well, some Spanish. How brave of me. You have Spanish. That doesn't Eastern count. European? That doesn't count. You're not as brave as Your I am. Your color is translucent. I'm brave for that. You're exactly. a brave vampire. Great so, to be here. So if I ever won, like, you know, the lottery or a million dollars or whatever, I would do that kind of idea, but for stand-up comedians. So I would make, like, a little house up top, and there'd be... Oh, yeah. So mm. there'd be, like, a barbecue it pavilion does. in the middle, and Shit there'd be, like, a of. pool, and there'd be little cabanas, and everyone would have... I've actually drawn it out before, Went. but hmm. everyone would have, like, a a little studio with light and stuff and then there'd be the pool and there'd be the barbecue pavilion and there'd be like every night there'd be like parties and there'd be food provided but you have and there'd be like a little stage because people would have to perform for each other right. but you'd have to do something at the end of a month you'd have to show your work because yeah. I can't just let a bunch of yeah. fucking sure. sh- people need, just come what are you going to do when they make fun of in there. what are you going to do when yeah. they destroy that place well they won't because I'll be there cleaning and ladies make sure, yeah and cleaning ladies I'm making millions of dollars at yeah. The, yeah so cleaning well, ladies uh, are we going to smoke I'm a job shows? creator let's hit it you're gonna need stuff idea. to make fun of there, though. You're gonna need to provide that's stuff. That's what I think. The, that's what I think the future is gonna look like. Like all these all creative these things. Places. Because when robots start to take over and earn money for us, and we can just stimulate the economy with robots, <laughs> and and people will buy shit just based on their own Jeff creative business. volition. Like if you create something that's like a robot, and it, it does some sort of labor, and you can find a way to mm-hmm. not work and make money, and be productive. Then we're gonna have so much fucking dough lying around. We're we're gonna be able to lot, be able to lot, do a lot of creative shit, like make all Da Vinci's things come to life, like all his fa- failed experiments. Jeff Bezos, That's what I see. modern day Da Vinci. Huh? I want to see the helicopter that's without the, the tail rotor making. I think we can all agree that that's not it. It would be Elon Musk, right? Dude, he's the he's richest African American of all time. You know that? Elon Musk. Yeah. He's the richest African American of really, all time. He's really he's balling. <laughs> he is. That's funny. He's crushing it. He, you know, he 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 was his parents literally own an, an emerald mine. Well, I don't know. I South think Africa. I think between him and Jay Z, it's probably an apartheid, right? Like a. Nathan Lowe. Yeah. Find him on Instagram. He's got a lot of followers. <laughs> sure do, buddy. That's not why. Trending on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. You used to. Do you still lift things? Uh, only when I have to. If it's required to move forward, yes. <laughs> you don't just like bench press people for no reason anymore. Absolutely not. He okay. chokes motherfuckers out and almost gets them kicked out of bars. You know, it's your fault. True, true. Mm. True, true. <laughs> well, but, I mean, Nathan's not an instigator. Oh, that looks sure great. Sure not. Yeah, I'm not an instigator well, either. I'm a, I'm a peace. Co- I'm like a no, no. No waves. Everyone just chill out. Kind of. You don't want to do anything. That's silly. Yeah. Dudes who like want to fight is the worst thing. Yeah. Do you yeah. not fight? You look like you want to fight. Why are you looking at me? Just dudes who. You want to fight, bro? No, just dudes like what's up? Like the dude, like the Irish guy with Max Eddie. He's just sitting over there, just like I need. I have to punch a thing. Yeah. I have to. Yeah, that's I true. Didn't fucking. Hit my. I aunt, hit my dad. My girlfriend enough times today. <laughs> I learned I it from my dad. Yeah, I don't know, man. Toxic masculinity. People's crazy. I don't know anything about it. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even know. Yeah. yeah. We have ten minutes left for you guys to drop these just these gems from your honeyed sad. lips to the. Okay, Instagram sad shit. People. You want to hear some sad shit? Yeah. More sad shit. Yeah. Okay. More rest, sad shit. rest in peace, my homie Aton. Aton Weiner just overdosed on fentanyl at Stanford oh. University. Oh, rest no. in peace. Oh shit, was he a student? So much promise. He was a student. Yeah, he yeah. really was. His dad was a professor there. His mom also oh. worked there. He's yeah. very smart. Jewish That's great. Kid. Do me a solid. Don't smile while you explain it. 
I'm not. I'm not smiling. I'm just using my mouth. I'm just using my mouth. I miss him very much. Let him do. You just did a joke in the middle of his dead homie. I'm talking about my dead homie. Yeah, he died. He overdosed, and you know how. You know how else I got reminded of it because on NBC Snapchat news on the now this he's the top story. Oh shit! Really? Oh no! Yeah, just because his dad. Yeah, he blew up, dog. I mean, you know what? You know what the saddest part about it is the last time we saw him, me and my friend, was we fucking sent him a fake letter. From St- from Stanford saying like your son smokes too much weed and he's bad at rap, and, <laughs> and that was the hilarious. last we ever saw him. And then we saw him again. He oh. came back last break. We were like, we're gonna fight Aton, and he fucking his friends got out of the car. He never got out of the car. Just drove off. That was the last we ever saw him. Oh uh, yeah, and Rest I see him on Snapchat news. Rest in peace, Aton Wiener. Better place. He's too smart for us. Wow. Well, but Heaven fentanyl, is, is nobody really knows how strong that stuff is. I've taken a fentanyl dose before. Is so small, yeah. it's, it's insane. It's You've like, done fentanyl? It's ten times stronger than heroin. Yeah, I, my... Yeah, um, so. No, morphine. They cut a lot of shit with it, especially in San Francisco and in the Bay Area. Not I, as much in Chicago. You want them to cut it with baking soda. That's what you prefer. I had a pharmaceutical-grade pat- transdermal patches because my ex-father-in-law died of terrible, terrible liver cancer. And when he was dying... Like, and it happened in six weeks. Like, he was, like, totally alive and playing golf. And then he was like, ow, this kind of hurts. And he went into the doctor, and they're like, you've got stage four liver cancer. You are Jesus. dying. <laughs> and so he died really quickly. But on his deathbed, he willed me all his drugs. And so I got That's everything you need to know Jesus. about Pam is that she gets willed drugs. <laughs> so like, I people think. will them. <laughs> so he gave me 12 75 milligram fentanyl patches and I'm I'm no dummy. Jesus. I scored them on the back so I only put on 25 milligrams at a time because it's it's transdermal. Yeah. And I got so it was awful. I hated it. I was high for like 56 hours the whole weekend sh- and it was shit. I hated it. I'll it take was, them off you. Yeah. Oh, I ended up sending them to Manchester, <laughs> England because I had some friends um, from MySpace throwback. Um, I had some writing buddies that lived there, and they're like, yeah, I used to do that stuff. Send them to me. And so I put them inside um, CDs, and I just sent them inside CD packages and sent them. And they were like, we got them. We got them. (laughs) Be careful. Don't open it up. Don't eat it. They're like, we know what we're doing. (laughs) That's crazy. Aaron, Aaron, I have a question for you along this vein. Um, So you – if you you don't mind talking about this on the air. Go for it. You you used to be a heroin addict, but you still – you know, drink and smoke weed. You yeah. found a way to find the middle way, yeah, which so people I, have a hard fucking time doing. Because it's rare. Because there's a difference. Because addiction is like a disease, right? It's like that's genetic. Like how it's how you respond to alcohol. You you know you can't leave a drink untouched. Um, but something that is kind of like kind of volatile to tell the addicts, especially, is that there's a difference between addicts and there's abusers. You know, abusers are people that use drugs that don't necessarily like lean on it for their emotional stability, but still, you know abuse drugs <laughs> but you know you can't tell people this because that every addict thinks they're an abuser but uh, you know something i realized was that i did all that treatment right I, I i was leaning on it emotionally for a very long time before i went to treatment but when i got back i relapsed within like a day of leaving so i got back and i turned oxycodone into lean because it's just you know just a little classic thing i like to do into lean into yeah. lean yeah you crush what it up run it through cold water yeah you, tr- you it basically filter out all the other shit in the in the medicine that prevents you from getting as high uh. and you just get like just basically the opiates with promethazine tablets right is that what you use oxycod oh. so you just purify oxycod you get all those pure opiates same as like poppy tea where you could just wash you just like, do that unwashed with poppies huh you just do that with high cold water that's it cold water cold water because it's water so- it's sock. water soluble yeah so you're only getting out that opiate part and it's sure, stronger. sure sure in a sock you said yeah Oh, through fabric of any kind, yeah. yeah. Cheesecloth, same shit. And then uh, 
I did it, and I was like, that felt great, but I didn't like go ape shit, you know? Like I didn't yeah. lose my. I know my some a lot of my friends how they reacted to like relapsing on shit, where they really lose your mind, you lose it to this. So you haven't been to treatment since that re- relapse. No. I mean, I, I got out and that was it. Also, I'll never go back too, because I've totally lost faith in the system from being in there for a year and a half and being completely brainwashed. It's a cult, yeah, it's right? awful. Yeah. It's awful. They have no idea what they're doing. Yeah, and it's for money. They're oh. racking in insurance checks from a lot of these like wealthy families. Yeah, or just insurance from any family. You know, you can be. You can, it, it affects people of like a very wide socioeconomic class, like pre- preferably rich people, because they can pay everything. But you know, they can game insurance companies as well to get a payout every single month. Absolutely, you know, and they don't care. So, was was there a shift in your rationality of thinking, or like what what happened when you realized like, oh, here's how I'm gonna do it? You just want to you just want to succeed in spite of it, and that's what's more powerful than succeeding because of it. Because when you succeed, when you go through the program, you succeed. You get sobriety through a program. You always need the program to stay sober. If uh. you if you re- if you rebel, so to say, if you develop, you know, your your methods in spite of the program, then you do grow to just be strong in spite of this, you know, l- existential constraint on your freedom. Oh, there's something you know? very deep there. Yeah, yeah, I think this is the same is true with education. Like if you sure. figure out how to a way to learn by yourself, curious. yeah, then you stop. Then, then you don't stop learning right after college, or when exactly. you're told yeah. that you don't have to learn anymore. And that's much more valuable. Or, or being uh, being engaged in the learning that you're doing, like wanting to be there makes a difference. I don't think that it makes sense for us to take 18 year olds and be like, okay, go to college or you're not good enough. If you don't right. get in, if you don't get right. in, then what the fuck are you here. doing with your life? And it's like give people a second to like figure out who they are. Like it's, I didn't. I wish I didn't go to college until i mean i went to graduate school in my 30s but i i really wish i would have done something else in my 20s i wanted to go to yeah. culinary school my parents were like you have to go to a four-year university exactly. or you never be good enough and it pushes like, kids to like I mean, look, look at palo alto high school they have like they when i was a junior in high school my at, siblings went there eight people killed themselves in a year because they're oh. right next to the train tracks yeah the atlantic kids, they, did an article about yeah, it yeah they're across the street from a fucking from stanford everybody has this expectation that they should go to stanford and they're all pushed to this extent that they and the campus is right next to a fucking train station. Yeah. When you see it's right there, this access to it is just it's just it's is that a how a lot trauma. of kids did it. Yeah, they turned in front of the train all the time. Yeah, we made some awful jokes about it. At our I know school I have one during in my baseball games. Right now. Oh yeah, when we, when we ran the bases in baseball, we'd say choo choo. It was terrible. Choo choo. Yeah, like a train yeah. when you run the bases. Oh, like haha, your friends are dead. Yeah, like haha, okay. your friend got hit by a train. Yeah. Got it. I'm not saying it's funny, but <laughs> we did it. But no, this it was is, common knowledge, and they, is, no one did anything about it. It's not as many it. laughs, but it's sweeter. <laughs> this, this it's between you the, and them. Who are you trying to make laugh? It's not for an audience. It's sad, and that's the point of this po- podcast. So that's sad. good. Dead, dead that's potential sad. Stanford students. I still wear my high school letterman. Potential Stanford students, though, still? See? Yeah, exactly. Potential sta- I mean, they're rich kids. They can afford anything, right? And yeah. Stanford's all about connections. Like, you meet the people, and then... You know, they give you the book deal or whatever. You know the right people. It's all about yeah. people knowing people and rich people like rich people. And and, th- and that's the desired like identity, people. you know, and, and, and it's pinned on getting into Stanford, you know, so these fucking high schoolers yeah. think they'll never get there because they're not going to get into Stanford. They're going to go to San Jose State and it's instead. it's a very small school. Suck. Like, it's a but very can, small school. Yeah, Stanford it's very prestigious. It's very, very small. But you can yeah. learn just as much as San Jose State if you want to. You can, like, befriend a professor you and get extra just work. No, it's not the same identity. Much, you, don't not, get to wear yeah. the, you don't get to wear the hoodie. You don't get to be a part of that shit. That's that's so true. But what's so different about the syllabus? What's the syllabus at fucking Stanford? You can learn just as much. It's not about knowledge. It's not about knowledge. It's about external validation through a piece of paper that you're smart. But And that's what I'm saying. It's about the hoodie. It's about the it's about the hoodie. Do you it's, know it's how a nice many maroon? Harvard classes mm. are available online for free? Sure. 
But you don't get Harvard you on the get diploma. MIT, you don't get the diploma, Brown. No, I know, but the, what I'm saying is that what I think was said before, that the, the pursuit of knowledge in itself it's should be despite the piece oh, yeah. of paper that you get. Yeah, but and it, it should be the own, your own edification. Why do you want to learn? And you were mentioning this earlier that as a young kid, you don't really memorize anything and you like Wikipedia, but what did you really remember? Back in my day, we used to read books and we read them over and over until we memorized them and actually knew mm. that stuff in our mm. heads. And so we can reference fucking shit because we were... In, we'd learned it in a different way. Right. Instead of it always being accessible, it's too easy. Yeah, we're you take just it for dumbing granted. each other down. Yeah, you take it for granted. But pe- we, but we should actually want to learn. But we're not. We don't even know what learning means anymore. Is yeah. it watching a YouTube video? Oh no, I really know how to do. Learning it. Yeah. has always been uh, a loser's game. You know, because you're supposed to be a tough guy and get the girl and wear a leather jacket and drive a motorcycle. Ride a motorcycle. What Sorry. school was this? Yeah. Uh, this Greece. School of hard this is school of Greece. This yeah. is Greece. You got to snap your hands all the time. Do choreography. I, I if anything, sucks. Woody Allen has taught me. Did you did you get into a lot of choreographed fights? As a kid? <laughs> yeah. And my switchblade was a comb. Yeah. <laughs> when you're I a know jet, you're yeah. a jet all the way. Jeez, man. Yeah, well, it's almost I time agree. to smoke a cigarette. And this was fun. Yeah. This, was fun. this was the boys don't cry. Live Thank you, Michael Bloomberg. Do you have a uh, Billy Corgan impression? Because you've definitely got the whiny voice down. The Billy Corgan. The world is a man. Despite all my rage, <laughs> I'm still just a rat in a cage. You're not whiny enough. You're not whiny enough. Despite all my rage, I'm still just a rat in a cage. Good try. That was What is nice. lost will never be saved. <laughs> okay. The world is a vampire. The world is a vampire. Jokes every Thursday, 7 to 9, with True Hustle Thursdays. Hashtag THC. That's hashtag THC. You want more open mics? Fridays, Flap. 6 to 8. Happy hour Flap with Classic on George Muni Radio. D. Dot FM. Smith. Pew, pew, pew. Four open mics every week at Mutiny Radio.
knew these people, these two people. <clears throat> with each other. The girl was very young, about 17 or 18, I guess. And the guy was quite a bit older. He was kind of raggedy and
she was very beautiful, you know? And together they turned everything into a kind of an adventure. She liked that. Just an ordinary trip down to the grocery store was full of adventure. And they were always laughing at stupid things. He liked to make her laugh. And they didn't much care for anything else uh, because all they wanted to do was be with each other. They were always together. And he, he loved her more than he ever felt possible. He couldn't stand being away from her um, during the day when he went to work. So he'd quit just to be home with her. Then he'd get another job when the money ran out. And then he'd quit again. But pretty soon she started to worry. About what? Money, I guess. Not having enough. Hmm. Not knowing when the next check was coming in. Yeah, I know that feeling. So he started to get kind of torn inside coming in. Yeah, I know that feeling. So he started to get kind of torn inside. How do you mean? Well, he knew he had to work to support her, but he couldn't stand being away from her either. And the more he was away from her, the crazier he got. Except now, he got really crazy. He started imagining all kinds of things. Like what? He started thinking that she was seeing other men on the sly. He'd come home from work and accuse her of spending the day with somebody else. He'd yell at her and break things in the trailer. started to drink real bad. He'd stay out late to test her, to see if she'd get jealous. He wanted her to get jealous, but she didn't. She just worried about him, but that got him even madder. He thought if she never got jealous of him that she didn't really care about him. Jealousy was a sign of her love for him. And then one night, one night, she told him that she was pregnant. She was about three or four months pregnant, and he didn't even know. And then suddenly everything changed. He stopped drinking, got a steady job. He was convinced that she loved him now because she was carrying his child. And he was going to dedicate himself to making a home for her. But a funny thing started to happen. He didn't even notice it at first. 
She started the change. From the day the baby was born, she began to get irritated with everything around her. She got mad at everything. Even the babies seemed to be an injustice to her. He kept trying to make everything all right for her, buy her things, take her out to dinner once a week. But nothing seemed to satisfy her. For two years, he struggled to pull them back together like they were when they first met. But finally, he knew it was never going to work out. So he hit the bottle again. But this time it got me. This time when he came home late at night, she wasn't worried about him or jealous. She was just enraged. She accused him of holding her captive by making her have a baby. She told him that she dreamed about escaping. That was all she dreamed about, escape. She saw herself at night running naked down a highway, running across fields, running down riverbeds, always running. And always, just when she was about to get away, he'd be there. He would stop her somehow. He would just appear and stop her. And when she told him these dreams, he believed them. He knew she had to be stopped or she'd leave him forever. So he tied a cowbell to her ankle so he could hear at night if she tried to get out of bed. But she learned how to muffle the bell by stuffing a sock into it and inching her way out of the bed and into the night. He caught her one night when the sock fell out and he heard her trying to run to the highway. He caught her and dragged her back to the trailer and tied her to the stove with his belt. He just left her there, went back to bed, and lay there listening to her scream. Then he listened to his son's scream. And he was surprised at himself because he didn't feel anything anymore. All he wanted to do was sleep. First time, he wished you were far away, lost in a deep, vast country where nobody knew him, somewhere without language, poor streets. And he dreamed about this place without knowing its name. And when he woke up, he was on fire. blue flames burning the sheets of his bed. He ran through the flames toward the only two people he loved. But they were gone. His arms were burning, and he threw himself outside and rolled on the wet ground. Then he ran. Back at the fire. He just ran. He ran until the sun came up, and he couldn't run any further. And when the sun went down, he ran again. 
five days he ran like this until every sign of man had disappeared.
Black Black Plastic is the show on Mutiny Radio that you're listening to. Keep it listening. August 1934. Several months later, I began to feel heavy and tremors inside of my womb. My breasts are full of milk. The child does not belong in my life, for I have too many people to take care of. I have already too many children. As D.H. Lawrence said, do not bring any more children into the world. Bring hope into the world. There are too many men without hope and faith in the world. Too much work to do. Too many to serve and care for. Already, I have more than I can bear. I sit in the studio in the dark, talking to my child. You should not be thrust into this black world, in which even the greatest joys are tainted with pain, in which we are slaves to material forces. He kicked and stirred. So full of energy, my child. How much better it would be if you had stayed away from Earth in obscurity and unconsciousness, in the paradise of non-being. My little one not born yet, you are the future. I would prefer to live with men in the present, not with future extensions of myself into the future. I feel your small feet kicking against my womb. It is very dark in the room we're sitting in, just as dark as it must be for you inside of me. But it must be sweeter for you to be lying in the warmth than it is for me to be seeking in this dark room the joy of not knowing, not feeling, not seeing, the joy of lying still and quiet in utter warmth and darkness. All of us forever seeking again this warmth and this darkness, this being alive without pain, this being alive without anxiety or fear or loneliness. You are impatient to live. You kick with your small feet, my little one not born yet. You ought to die in warmth and darkness. You ought to die because in the world there are no real fathers, not in heaven. On earth. The German doctor has been here. While he examines me, we talk about the persecution of the Jews in Berlin. Life is full of terror and wonder. He said, you were not built for maternity. I sit in the dark studio and talk to the child. You can see that what is happening in the world that there is no father taking care of us. We are all orphans. 
You will be a child without a father, as I was a child without a father. That is why I did all the caring. I nursed the whole world. When there was war and persecution, I wept for all the wounds inflicted. And where there were injustices, I struggled to return life, to recreate hope. The woman loved and cared too much. But inside of this woman, there is still a child. There is still the ghost of a little girl forever wailing inside, wailing the loss of her father. Will you go about, as I did, knocking on windows, watching every caress and protective love given to other children? For as soon as you will be born, as just as soon as I was born, man, the husband, lover, friend, will leave, as my father did. Man is a child, afraid of fatherhood. Man is a child, and not a father. Man is an artist who needs all the care, all the warmth for himself, as my father did. There's no end to his needs. He needs faith, indulgence, humor. He needs worship, good cooking, mended socks, elves, a hostess, a mistress, a mother, a sister, a secretary, a friend. He needs to be the only one in the world. Hate your wailing and your slobbering and your sickness and my feeding you rather than his work, his creation. He might cast you aside for this love of his work which brings him praise and power. He might run away as my father ran away from his wife and children and you would be abandoned as I was. It would be better to die than to be abandoned for you would spend your life haunting the world for this lost father this fragment of your body and soul, this lost fragment of your very self. There is no father on earth. We were deluded by this shadow of God the Father cast on the world, a shadow larger than man. This shadow you would worship and seek to touch, dreaming day and night of its warmth and of its greatness, dreaming of it covering you and lulling you, larger than a hammock, as large as the sky, big enough to hold your soul and all your fears, larger than man or woman, than church or house, the shadow of a magic father who is nowhere to be found. It is the shadow of God the Father. It would be better if you died inside of me, quietly, in the warmth and in the darkness. The doctor does not hear the breathing of the child. He rushes me to the clinic. I feel resigned and yet deep down terrified of the anesthetic. Feeling of oppression, remembrance of other anesthetics, anxiety, like a birth trauma. The child is six months old. They might save it. Anxiety. Fear of death, fear of yielding to eternal sleep. But I lay smiling and joking. I was wheeled to the operating room, legs tied and raised, the pose of love in a cold, white operating room, with the clatter of instruments and the smell of antiseptics and the voice of the doctor and I trembling with cold, blue with cold and anxiety. The smell of ether, the cold numbness trickling through the veins, the heaviness, the paralysis, 
with the mind still clear and struggling with the concept of death, against death, against sleep. The voices grow dimmer. I have no longer the capacity to answer. The desire to sigh, sob, to murmur. Ça va, madame? Ça va, madame? Ça va, madame? Ça va, madame? Ça va, madame?
and four-minute critiques from everyone kept positive by host Pam Benjamin. Pump those dick jokes every Thursday, 7 to 9, with True Hustle Thursdays. Hashtag THC. That's hashtag THC. You want more open mics? Fridays, 6 to 8. Happy hour with guest host and George D. Smith. Pew, pew, pew. Four open mics every week at Mutiny Radio, brother. A great place to meet friends, have delicious tapas and drinks, and relax with your neighbors. Located at Bryant 21st Street in the Deep Mission, Kitty Corner Block from Mutiny Radio. Come and get a drink during the comedy festival and enjoy happy hour pricing all night long with your festival ticket. A great neighborhood bar. Come take a seat at Asiento. The Roxy Theater is San Francisco's favorite nonprofit art house cinema, bringing you the best, coolest, weirdest, most thought provoking movies of the past, present, and future. Hands down, there is no better way to get your film fix than at this legendary historic theater. Visit www.roxy.com. That's www.roxie.com today for showtimes and tickets. Everybody should listen to Muni Radio at MuniRadio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Are you tired? are all in and the peaches are rotten the oranges are packed in the creosote dumps they're flying them back to the Mexican border to save all their money but then wait back again good morning mutineers this is the bee and you're listening to labor and love radio on mutinyradio.fm just the same they died in the hills and they died in the valleys some went to heaven without any name goodbye to my one goodbye rosalita adios mi amigo jesus and maria you won't have a name when you ride the big airplane all they will call you will be deportee some of us are illegal and others not wanted our work contracts out and we have to move on 600 miles to the Mexican border They chase us like rustlers, like outlaws, like thieves 
This is the Labor and Love Show. Welcome to you. Two days past goes 18, on, huh? he was waiting for and the bus and here. his army green sat Washington, down in, in a Washington. cafe there, gave his order on. to a girl with a bow That's in her hair. He's a little shy, power. so she give him a smile, and he said, would you mind sitting down for a while and talking to me? I'm feeling a little low. She said, I'm off in an hour, and I know where we can go. So they went down and they sat on the pier. He said, I bet you got a boyfriend, but I Would you mind if I sent one back here to you? I cried, never gonna hold the hand of another guy too young. And they told her, waiting for the love of a traveling soldier. Our love will never end, waiting for the soldier to come back again. Never more to be alone. When the 
One Friday night at a football game, the Lord's Prayer said in the anthem, sang a man said, folks, would you bow your heads for a list of local Vietnam dead? Crying all alone under the stands was a piccolo player in the marching band and one Maybe a 
Okay, Eddie James there. And you know you got to serve somebody. Good morning, everyone. This is the B. Welcome to Labor and Love Radio on Mutiny Radio and mutinyradio.fm. Coming at you this morning from 2781 21st Street in the Meadow Meadow, the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco. This is the show where we tell you like it is. If one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the table, the negotiating table that is, wherever you work, You're probably on the menu. And never but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. And when I say labor, I mean you. Good morning, everybody. We had uh, our opening set there. Started out, of course, with deportees. Deportees by the highwaymen. Highwaymen. None other than Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christofferson. Quite a group there. Johnny Cash singing lead there on Just Deportees. Much more about that in a bit. We had, then we had Traveling Soldier by the Dixie Chicks about to the fact that every day somewhere American troops are involved in wars. Every day. This is for those soldiers who are out there and also to get them back home. Wars where workers of one class shoot down workers of another class. Thin out the possibility of resistance to capitalism. And last we had Etta James. Queen of the Blues, gotta serve somebody. The Bob Dylan classic reminds us that yes, your indecision, your hesitation, serve someone by just standing around, you're rushing backwards. Okay, now I remarked about that case. We're talking about that case of uh, deportees and. This is, the song, of course, relates the fact that even though <clears throat> these people have come to the United States and worked, you know, they're uncelebrated. No one remembers them. Just barely their names, and other than that, they'll be just deportees. The song was written by Woody Guthrie and popularized by Pete Seeger. Since then, it's been recorded by virtually everybody. In the certainly in the country and western genre. Um, anyway, a, a Chicano writer named Tim Z. Hernandez decided that yeah, that wasn't good enough. He wanted to go and find out who these people were. 
This is part of a uh, an interview on Latino USA on NPR. Here we go. 32 people on the plane, four Americans, including three crew members and an immigration official, and 28 migrant farm workers. Everyone died that morning, all in the same way. But they were not all treated the same after death. The 28 Mexican field workers on that plane were known as braceros. They had come here at the request of the U.S. government and were headed back to Mexico, but didn't make it. After the crash, only the remains of the four Americans were sent back to their families. The Mexican citizens were buried in a mass grave in California under a tiny plaque that read, 28 Mexican citizens who died in an airplane accident near Kalinga. 28 Mexican citizens. That's all they would call them. And for decades, that's all there was. No one identified the remains of the 28 passengers. No one asked for their families.